Welcome to Uncle Tony's podcast with Uncle Tony and Uncle Herbie is here. And we have some guest people here on the show tonight. Let's start introducing them back here. We got Euro Wumbo in the building. And Shrami. And I'm not a guest. Scum's back. Scum. Dude, we forgot Randini about Scum. Scumini. He's a part of the show. He's not a guest. He's a part of us. And last but not least. Second time here, Slim, a.k.a. Nino. You guys are all part of the show. The Jeeber, the Jeeber Nation. That's Nino. He's the Jeeber. Yeah. Yes, sir. Well, if you don't, yeah. Are we not allowed if to you know, that? then you know. Nino's ever smoked weed before. Am I not allowed to do this? It's St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, it's We're all drinking. We started early. So, yeah, you know just, a, just a reminder, everyone on the podcast is over 21 years of age. We do not support or condone underage drinking or underage drinking activities of any kind. Thank if you. you or a loved one has been diagnosed with mesothelioma, It wasn't me. supposed <laughs> to be like that. I'm just saying, if you, if, you gotta give the disclaimer, you know? Uncle Herbie had to fuck it up. We're on, we're on some mainstream people here, so we gotta, we gotta let it known. So, we have some hot topics here tonight, and we wanna start off... I'm gonna We're talking let, about. I'm gonna give everyone a brain a brain warmer. You remember the brain warmers from school, back in the day? Yeah. 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 I know what you're talking about. Psychedelics and medicine. I'm gonna give you a basic topic. I want you and all medicine to think or about as medicine. Psychedelics in Both. medicine. Psychedelics in medicine. So as medicine. As, as well. medicine. Okay. I guess. So everyone get some brainstorming on this. Word. And I'm gonna start the brainstorming off with some words. I think that. Research overall has shown that psychedelics in medicine have absolutely amazing outputs as opposed to the negative effects that we see in the research studies with using these, these drugs. There's no there's, negative effect. Well, there is, there is negative effects. You can't say there's none. There's always going to be outliers that have negative effects. Thank you for that beautiful sound. Um, Way to fuck it up. I know. Fucking up the <laughs> we're sound. fucking up the sound yeah, levels. Yeah, we're fucking up the sound levels as we do always here. But, um, 50 viewers are going to be fucked. Yeah, man. All of our viewers. But... Um, you know, you can use psychedelics to, to do a lot of good in the world. Um, it's outweighed by the bad that we see in the research that we have thus far. And I think we need to definitely dive deeper and have more research into psychedelics and medicine. I wrote a whole paper on this about MDMA. And in the MAPS program? Yeah, the MAPS program. Um, if you want to tell us about that, that's an acronym. Tell us about MAPS. I don't really remember what MAPS stands for, but the MAPS program is essentially... It's one of the very few research programs that has actually gotten permission and FDA approval to run tests using MDMA to treat PTSD. And I think they're trying it for things like depression and anxiety as well, but their main focus is PTSD right now. And they're giving small doses of MDMA or ecstasy to people to help them open up and talk about their problems that are like related to their PTSD in a way. Yeah, so the paper I wrote concluded data from multiple studies, and I took the data, analyzed it, and basically turned it into a more readable form. And what they found out was that uh, most of the people who engage in one of these psychedelic studies where you go in to like some kind of facility, you take some MDMA, and then they basically give you free reign, and you can do whatever you want. But... Oh, and the MAPS program has existed since like the 80s, but uh, MDMA or ecstasy actually got added to uh, the Schedule it? Act. It became a controlled substance, and they had to stop their research Which for a while. Which schedule is it again? Uh, MDMA is Schedule I think schedule it's a Schedule one, I think. It's we, one or two. Let's pull this up and confirm this. We don't want to mislead you guys as viewers or you know anyone out there listening to this podcast. We want you guys to have the most up-to-date information as possible. 
So MDMA is scheduled as Uh-oh. we don't have internet here. Thank you. No to internet this, for right now. Thank you to this beautiful campus we're on. If that. I had to guess, it's likely been converted to a Schedule Two with recognized medical benefits following the studies. I don't know what it was previously. Well, the thing is, marijuana has health benefits, and it's not considered it's a, a Schedule sc- Two. It's, it's a, a Schedule, schedule One, one. dude. That's schedule insane. One. Should we the tie- same as LSD, which is also not, in so, my opinion, not that dangerous. As someone who's a, a a user of marijuana and a supporter of its legalization and and you know using it in medicine, um, you know exactly as you should. I don't see how um, it is a Schedule One substance. You know, a lot of the other schedule, a lot of the other Schedule One substances that we have out there. Um, if you compare how you'll feel off of those drugs to marijuana, they're night and day differences. Well, like, they're a lot more extreme. They're a lot more extreme. You know what I'm saying? Cocaine. Or coke is, is cocaine. Cocaine is Schedule, schedule one. one. Think about cocaine. You know, cocaine. You're up. You're up. You could run through a fucking wall. You know, and then. You're off of weed? You just want to sit on the couch, eat some Denny's, and go to fuck to sleep, take a nap, and cuddle. Cocaine actually has medical benefits, and it's commonly used in sinus surgeries in a liquid form to stop bleeding during the surgery. But other than that... You get some of that cocaine in your nose, and you're just like, woo! Your body doesn't want to bleed They take a little Q-tip, and they rub cocaine around the inside of your nostrils during surgery. I actually had it happen to me. Wow. What... Were you awake for the surgery? No, or? I was under anesthetic, but uh, they told me they did it. I wish I was awake for that one, honestly. I Okay, I have a topic I want to add into tonight, but it's not on the list. What's that? I want to talk about... I don't know how to, to generally label this, but... I think we're all on the same page, but... Consent as a man, what does that mean? Each individual... Deep, dude. Let's Real not deep. talk not, about that one. No, later. What do mean? I, I mean, I think we we're didn't all, even finish psychedelics. I know, but I'm just saying, don't forget it. It's coming up later. I feel so like Nina is the guy to ask for that. Anyone? I, like I want to hear everyone's opinion on this. It doesn't matter what you get. There, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so psychedelics. I'm sorry, I cut you guys off. Uh, I'm just gonna put a little second disclaimer out there. Uh, we do advocate the use of psychedelics as medicine, but only under the right circumstances. So uh, don't go out and buy ecstasy and take it because we said that it can help with PTSD. Because you don't know if what you're getting is pure ecstasy or MDMA, 3,4-methyl-deoxymethamphetamine. Like, it could be cut with meth. Like, you have no idea. And we're talking about in, like a research facility setting in a way or or a hospital or something you go in and you get it from FDA approved sources and you know it's real it's been chemically tested created by a chemist and and uh, consult your doctor you also you don't know what the dosages are when you're taking it like we're talking about a very controlled setting not doing drugs on the street yeah well yeah all of the studies that we looked at were done in that kind of setting where there's people nearby just in case anybody starts to have a bad reaction or something like that so definitely be safe about it you know don't don't go taking risks because i think that's one of the worst things you can do you know it might be fun but you could end up way worse you know there are ways to know if your drugs are real. They're called reagent test kits. You can order them online. I've heard of those. And I highly recommend testing every single drug with a reagent testing kit before you put it in your body. All right, but all right. So we're getting a little technical. We're getting a little technical. We're gonna bring it down to like the philosophy behind it. You know, all medicine, all medicine has risk. You know, you take too many Tylenols, your liver fails. 
you know? So, like, if you can do the research and, like, really find out, like, what risk you're willing to accept, you can easily just incorporate psychedelics in medicine. In my opinion, it's better to try psychedelics and run the risk of having a bad trip versus going on antidepressants or Zoloft, you know, Xanax, and then developing a crippling addiction. See, I say there's no such thing as a bad trip. Every trip is like a learning experience, like in a way. If it's, you, it's just the way you take it in. If you're like resistant against it and won't like kind of like think about it more in detail, like you're gonna have a bad trip. But if you think about it and be like, okay, maybe I'm overthinking this moment a little bit, then you can think yourself back into like, okay, maybe like this is how I act like usually when I'm not tripping. You can be because you can about feel it. yeah, you can feel these like emotions and things you're feeling while you're tripping. That correlates to real life. It's not like you're just tripping about some random, like random thing. It all comes from your brain. Yeah, it's like, like a feeling, like emotions, like so. Like look at the side thought, effects. Like everything. What like so like, I think everyone here, at least a majority of us, has had experience with these, um, and and I could say at least like there is some negative side effects that you can occur. You know, everyone's different. It's like any drug. There's different side effects, but and it affects yeah, everyone differently. Let's look at look them. at look at your over-the-counter drugs you see commercials of. The the side effects list on those they send they spend a minute and a half of a three-minute commercial. So half of that commercial time is spent on the side effects. With talking a drug really like fast. talking really fast, so you even can't fit even it hear in. It. Yeah, you can't even hear because they're trying to fit so much in. So it's really not even a minute and a half. It's really three minutes of side effects packed in to a minute of a half. When you're dealing with these things with psychedelics, we don't see those type of negative reactions most often. Don't get me wrong, you can have some negative reactions, but For overall, sure. at least in our experience and what I've seen in research studies with psychedelics online, scholarly researchers, I mean, these are people... You're making all this shit up right now, No, by the go way. to Google Scholar right now. You ready? I'll... This guy hasn't read any of the research I've read papers. It. I've read you read it. my paper. I, I've read a few. Pull them up. We, we don't have internet still. Oh, well, we're off the web We're in here. the dark here. We're, yeah, we're offline. I don't know. This, this That's place. even better because you guys are getting the raw, uncut information. Yeah, this straight is... Straight from the source. We can't even fact so, test this. So, personally, I feel like I would trust some psychedelics more than some of the medicine we actually use in medicine. 100%. I'm not a big pill taker, if that may... Or any 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 drug, but any, any you know, prescription drug from a doctor. I'm not a big fan of it. So, I'm a really big fan of harm reduction practices. And like I said before with the reagent testing kits, you want to make sure the drug you're taking is the drug you planned on taking. You want to make sure that the dosage you're taking is the dosage you planned on taking. And on top of reagent testing and knowing that you're taking the drug you plan on taking, one of the most important things that not a lot of people talk about with tripping specifically is set and setting. Where you're at and who you're around. And you don't want to trip with large groups of people, especially if it's your first time taking the drug or you're not an experienced psychedelic user. You really got to have a basis for how it affects you before you start experimenting with it. And, oh, you should do your research on the drug you plan on taking, make sure it's real, make sure your setting setting are proper. And then, only then, when you really feel ready and you've done your research and everything, then I think you'd be ready to take it because psychedelics are a really intense experience and they're not for everyone, especially people with anxiety disorders. It can help some of them dramatically, but it can also send you into a pretty bad trip if you start getting paranoid, start freaking out a little bit because you're not used to that kind of experience. That's me. And uh, experienced a bad psychedelics trip, yeah. are just very different and very... Uh, 
subjective experience to everyone that takes it. It's different for everyone because it interconnects different parts of your brain that aren't really supposed to be connected and you never really know what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, have you how many bad how many bad trips have you had? Uh I'm going to throw some rough numbers out there. Just, yeah, we're estimates. estimating. I've probably tripped on acid over 20 times, mushrooms like 5 to 10 times, a couple other drugs that I've tried. But overall, I think I've only had like three solid bad Between trips. all of them. And all three of those, one of those bad trips was me having a bad trip, and two of those bad trips were other people freaking out around me, causing me to freak out. That's a popular thing. That's a very common thing, and that's why I mentioned set and setting. Group tripping is not the move. I recommend four people or less. Nino, uh, how many bad? How many times have you tripped each type of psychedelic or any type of mind-altering drug, and, and how many bad trips have you had with that? Um, so I've taken like probably six tabs of acid. Um, probably shrooms like 10, 15 times in between there, but. In between that time, when I first started doing them, I would never really have bad trips. But, like, when I started getting experienced into it, I would kind of start getting anxious of, like, what I was thinking about. Because what I was thinking about kind of came to life in a way. But it wasn't, like, bad. Like, it's, I didn't, I never had, like, a bad trip. See, what, I would start tripping bad, and what I was thinking about, I would just kind of think of them as, like, demonic things demonic like kind of thoughts that were trying to take over my head like making me think this way so in the end i would just kind of be like okay i'm tripping out a little bit i just need to settle down breathe like get my like anxiety like out of the way and just kind of breathe it out yeah I and think... that usually helps in that like it's not like a bad trip it's just like these thoughts are going in your head that usually probably go through your head that are just coming to life and then you just kind of have to think of it think it out in a way yeah when you have a bad thought while you're tripping it's it's more you know real to your brain so you consider it more i think and it's really easy to get into a negative headspace that's why you know what what nina was saying about never having a bad trip it's it's not that it's not possible for you to have one but if you regard it with the right attitude then you won't get yourself into that negative headspace another thing i feel like there's different kinds of bad trips and no one really talks about it or distinguishes them but like i said i freaked out myself and i've watched other people freak out there's like internal bad trips and external bad trips and uh i think external bad trips are much worse when other people are freaking out and you kind of go into mom mode and you're trying to take care of your friends that are freaking out that happened those, to us with him. those are terrible and those are a lot to deal with and i've been through that like countless times with countless people but the internal bad trips where you get anxiety and you start freaking out about things that are happening in your life and things you've been worried about for a long time and stuff that happened in your past that's fucked you up, it almost forces you to deal with negative emotions that you've been bottling away up in your head and you don't want to deal with. And it kind of brings them to the forefront of your thought in a way and forces you to deal with them. And although it's a bad trip, quotes, um, it ends up being a good time because after you sober up, you've kind of processed a lot of negative emotions that you didn't really want to process before or weren't ready to. And it kind of forces you into an uncomfortable state. And some people are just too comfortable being comfortable and it can be an amazing experience for them. And that's like a lot of the times when people talk about trips being a life-changing experience and like a religious experience, that that is why. Like they were forced to deal with their internal suffering in a way that they couldn't sober. 
Yeah, so the way I, um, what I thought was interesting about the studies I read was that the way they quantified the effects of the MDMA was whether the user had lasting good effects in their life. So the first level was like within a day of having the experience, whether the next day after was good. You know, some uh, overwhelming amount of people had good experiences. And then the next milestone is a month. So if you have lasting good life changes that last for up to a month, then the studies take that into consideration. Then there's lasting good effects for up to a year. And there were participants in every study who had good effects for up to a year after they took the MDMA. And who's to say that that doesn't continue into the rest of your life? So compared to the number of people with lasting bad effects, it was an overwhelming amount of the population. It was about 66, I believe, percent of the population who had good effects in total. And there was a small percentage of the population who tried it and ended up having negative results. Um, but it was about three people in all of the six studies. And that's if you consider their their mental health, you know, they might have been in they might be having whatever situation you can name going on. So if you look at it, I believe there's a net positive to using psychedelics as medicine. You can also use mushrooms. They give mushrooms to cancer patients who are confronted with the news that they're going to die soon. They use it to rethink their situation and their fears of death. And it ends up, you know, fixing their psyche a little bit to be more chill about it, I suppose. Positive look at, like, death instead of, like, a negative. Yeah, they don't feel some type of way about it. And that's definitely for the better. I'm, you know, I'm interested in psychology, and I believe that whatever helps you, helps you. So if you need to, you know, go punch the air for 30 seconds when you're really pissed off, but it helps, then that helps. You know, as long as it's a positive outlet for your energy, you know, it's not something that's self-destructive. You're not getting addicted to any drugs or anything. Can't abuse things. Yeah, yeah. Everything is good in moderation. So you can't smoke all day and every day and just smoke all day. You have to smoke or maybe do something productive and then smoke. Same with mushrooms and and MDMA. Don't do too much of that shit. You'll fry your brain. Yeah, I like to smoke and then do something productive usually, but sometimes you got to do that productive thing before you smoke so you can let yourself know because, like, I don't know, sometimes I'll just be like, I'm a lazy fucking piece of shit. All I do is smoke. You know, I don't do anything. But then if I do something first, I'm like... You know, you give yourself that that reward to the to the to the task, the task reward outcome, right? You're not gonna get anywhere by smoking every day. You got. I'm sorry. I don't know about that. I mean, you can, I guess. Like Wiz started fucking smoking, rapping, like whatever. It depends if you're productive at first. It depends on what you're what you're doing with the smoke. You just gotta be productive with it. I think there's two types of smoking weed. There's the type of people that smoke weed as like an escape to try and get away from their reality or a crutch like I can't eat dinner unless I smoke because I'm not hungry or I can't get my homework done or sit down and do my shit unless I'm high and there's those types of people and then there's the types of people that use weed as a reward after the fact it's like I got all my homework done today or I just got home from work so now I can smoke and I think that's an important distinction and on top of that with the psychic back to the psychedelics for a second I'm a big research guy, like I've mentioned a couple times so far, and 
I the resource that I use to do all of my research on psychedelics is a website called Psychonaut Wiki. Psychonaut is that the one Wiki. You me? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're we've been shown some of the stuff, and it's all for the most part, it's all educational. It's about the effects you might have. It's good to learn. Like it gives you, said, you. It's good to learn before you try. It gives you background information on like where the drug came from and what culture it might be associated with. It gives you information on the chemical and how it interacts with the brain. It gives you information on dosage if you plan on trying it. It gives you information on interactions with other drugs, which is really important and not a lot of people think about that. So psychedelics. They don't really mix well with a lot of other drugs. Like sometimes alcohol can be fun with mushrooms and maybe acid and calm you down a little. Alcohol's not bad. Weed can intensify trips almost every time you smoke weed with any kind of psychedelic. But the one that I wanted to mention is disclaimer number three this podcast. Anyone on antidepressants or any kind of SSRI cannot trip on psychedelics together because they don't really mix. They both attach to serotonin receptors in the brain and they kind of, the two drugs will fight each other for control over the limited serotonin receptors you have. They just don't mix. Not, not to get off topic, but one quick question about SSRIs. Do they impact the dream structure of an individual? Is it, if I'm correct, they, they cause some wild dreams. So I was on SSRIs for quite a few years, and I didn't really notice anything like that. And I think that's much more of a subjective thing. Okay. Because sleep in itself is different for everybody. Okay. So it's it's not really the SSRI. It's just rather the dream structure of the individual. It can most it most likely has an effect because they it is a psychoactive chemical. But I don't really know. You didn't experience it. I didn't experience it personally. We we know there's things like uh, heavy marijuana usage affects your dreams and affects your REM sleep. And I didn't know that. Yeah, it it, if you use it for a long time, you'll have less dreams, and then once you cut it off, you'll start to get them back again. Are they more vivid when you get them back again too? Most likely. Yes, they will be way more vivid. Yeah, because if you're missing out on having dreams for like, you know, weeks, months, whatever it is. It'll automatically appear more vivid. Because you haven't had them in so long, right? Yeah. Okay. So I I remember... It's not so much that you don't have dreams, it's that you don't remember them when you wake up. Yeah. Is what I've heard. That's what I've I'm not certain about that, but apparently you dream every night and most of the time you just don't remember it. See, well, I tripped like four weeks ago, probably off a uh, two tabs of acid, and I smoke every day. I don't really fucking dream, but like ever since two weeks ago, I saw some TikTok. It was like just tell yourself you're gonna lucid dream before you go to sleep, and oh. I literally just kind of told myself that. No, before I it slept worked? like two weeks ago, and I was like just kind of conscious during my dream i'm trying that tonight no lie everyone um, everyone try that tonight. and literally like for the next like three days after that i kind of did the same thing and was dreaming and i literally i haven't had dreams for months so i don't we got to try yeah that. i, I really wanted to get a- into lucid dreaming because it's it's a thing where your mindset going into it affects whether or not it happens so if you train yourself to lucid dream by you know, getting yourself in the habit of like checking your reality, whether or not you are in a dream, which sounds pretty trippy. You can actually influence yourself into noticing that you're dreaming and being in control. So there's supposedly a plant, well not supposedly, there is a plant called mugwort 
and supposedly if you get like a reliable source of like dried up genuine mugwort like roots or leaves or whatever the fuck kind of plant it is you if you mix it in just a little bit of the mugwort with your weed oh, you and you smoke it. like a joint of weed with a little bit of mugwort in it before you go to bed supposedly it makes it 10 times easier to go into that lucid state of dreaming and like it just opens up that reality mug work like yeah m-u-g-w-o-r-t I've, I've read a little bit about it people have had success with it i personally haven't tried it yet but i've heard be good things up about potions it. like motherfucking harry potter in this i mean bitch. weed is already strong enough but adding to it i mean that i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say it's a bad idea I have mixed. I would love to see weed. one of those I dreams. Put, like, is what, what I, what I want to say. Really? Yeah, I've, I've tried rose petals. They're what does really that do? anxiety. It's good for anxiety. So, I've also tried lavender mixed with weed, like so. little lavender buds, and it makes it taste like shit. I'm not gonna lie, but it helps. That one I have tried, and it helps tremendously with anxiety. And it's almost like calms a, you down. It calms you down. It's like a relaxant. And one thing that I haven't tried with lavender, supposedly. When lavender is mixed with weed, it can completely kill nicotine withdrawal. And a lot of people trying to quit nicotine smoke weed mixed with lavender to kill their withdrawal symptoms. People also smoke Whoa. like clove cigarettes, other herbs. What's that? Uh, cloves are a type of herb, and you put them in a cigarette, and it's basically, it doesn't aggravate your lungs like smoking nicotine or tobacco or even okay. marijuana. It it has less effects, but it gives you some of that feeling of being relaxed and being calm. And it kind of helps you out a little bit. This is a pretty good segue into big pharma, pharmaceuticals, and how they kind of killed off all the homo homeopathic remedies and like the natural stuff from the planet what that people were using for medicines a long time. Like big pharma is all about pushing the chemi man-made chemicals they use as a cure or preventative maintenance rather than using stuff found on the earth that has been proven for thousands of years to yeah, be effective at fixing these kinds of problems. They're, they're like so quick to push away bro. mushrooms and weed and, and other drugs that are really... But opioids are okay? Yeah, <laughs> what? exactly. Like the acacia tree from the Bible is filled with DMT. And that's yeah. why the burning tree or whatever? Yeah, the burning bush. They like the were burning bush. basically yeah, yeah. smoking DMT. Yeah. Smoke, the smoke from the like bush. It was like basically just probably like hallucinations of them tripping and like what they were thinking about. I mean, like I would was, see God if I was tripping I, on DMT and like, you know, uh, back yeah, when they were yeah, alive. That's exactly how a lot of religions Even started. like, even yeah, all like religion acid mushrooms, started from tripping. you can like okay, here's get the into religious like mindsets and kind of like feel the presence of like demonic kind of like energy and like godlike energy kind of in a way. Well, what I think is that religion was what they used as science before we had science. So... If you're curious about the universe and you have no idea why the rain comes or why the sun is really bright today. It's an today, easy scapegoat. Yeah, you can use, uh, you know, there's a big guy in the sky and he's controlling all of it. You know, nobody, I, I believe that nobody who wrote the Bible actually had a physical experience with God. They all just saw visions or, you know, whatever the state might have been, whether it was a hallucination or a dream. They might have been in contact with God in their own mind, but in reality, it never happened. Yeah, I feel like using religion is kind of just a way to put, like, your problems, not, like, on something else, but, like, you can kind of be like, okay, I'm dealing with this. Like, I can use God as, like, a way to help me figure this out. If you had a, if you had to control a tribe and you didn't have a government, 
then what would you do? You would write down rules on a big piece of stone so everybody has to follow it's them. It's centralized that way, yeah. Exactly, and that's what happened in early Christianity. The Ten Commandments... I mean, it's every yeah, every religion was used as a way to teach people how to conduct themselves. And I believe some of the reason that we have intelligent civilization is because of religion. Because every culture that started their own civilization had a religion in the beginning. So whether it was the Greeks or the Romans, the Chinese, the Japanese, Native Americans, everybody has their own set of beliefs. And they use that as a stepping stone to kind of start off. And to answer big questions they otherwise couldn't even investigate. Yeah, I feel like otherwise you would have beefs between, you know, local tribes and people who don't agree with each other. If you get everybody to agree on one thing, then you can start progressing more. Yeah. Teams working as teams as one group. Yeah, so you unify everybody under the objective of God and you're able to start off something with that. Yeah. Do you guys believe in like the idea of manifest or manifestation? Like like manifesting something into reality? Most definitely. Yeah, so I actually learned this in psychology, but there's a real effect when you visualize something <laughs> a lot in your mind and if you're able to visualize yourself having success and getting what you want, then you'll be more... Yeah, as long as you're doing what you're thinking, in a way, like... Yeah, it, it'll come easier to you. Yeah. It's almost akin to, like, the go-getter mindset. Like, if you tell yourself that something's going to happen or, like, there's something that you want in life, you'll be predisposed to work towards that almost subconsciously because it's in the back of your mind and you've given it a lot of thought. Well, it's the same thing with negative intentions. And if you have negative intentions and negative thoughts about yourself, you'll end up in a worse position because of it. So that's how I feel, actually. So good thing I let you talk first because I feel that it's, it's often in situations for me, it's better for me to think about what the worst result is there than what I want to happen. Because when I think of what I want the outcome to be, that's never the outcome. So if I think, you know, option A is going to be success for me, I want to think option B, that's the failure, because if I want to reach that actual success, I have to think about failure. Now, everyone's different, but that's me at least. If you set yourself up to expect failure and you think about what's going to happen if I don't get my way in this situation, then you won't be disappointed when the failure comes. You'll be ready to deal with it. Yeah. But if you're looking for the best outcome, anything that's not as good as the best outcome is going to get you mad you know, and not be what you wanted. It's not like I see. I was like uh, recruited as a Division One soccer player. It's not like I manifested that. But did you after want to go to college? You had it as a goal in mind. After taking psychedelics, I can kind of like realize that that was my goal is be was becoming like a Division One athlete, and like I would work at that like all day, like not all day, every day, but like basically I would work on it every day to like the full extent and. It came true. Yeah, when you're visualizing this goal for yourself, you start to think of what are things that are going to be hard for me to do in the future? Who's better than me? Who do I have to work harder than? So if you're able to see that, you can get yourself working harder than them. And it's all mental, you know? I, I was uh, in competitive weightlifting for a while, 
and every single time before we went for a max lift, you know, the maximum, absolute maximum of your, of your potential, the coaches would have us sit down and visualize for at least, you know, three to five minutes. We would visualize picking up the weight, getting it off the rack, going through the motions, doing our technique the way we learned it, and doing everything right. And if you visualize that, then it gives you a higher chance of hitting it because you're already ready for it. You know, nothing's gonna surprise you. So I thought that was a really interesting psychological hack, you know, to get yourself to perform more. Off topic, it's St. Patty's Days. Before we move forward with the next guy talking, I just wanna say, happy St. Patty's Day, everyone. Jameson for everybody. He's a Jameson guy. I'm a proper 12 guy. Well, if you ain't pouring I like Tall and Mordew for my whiskey. For Irish, like Irish whiskey, Tall and Mordew. We're we're celebrating with some Jameson because it's an Irish brand. Yeah, we we decided Jameson today. Uh, we always look for feedback. What is your guys' favorite Irish liquor? Um, Honestly, you let us know on, in the comments. Yeah, man. Sipping on Guinness today, then you just ain't, you just ain't doing it. Guinness, right? Guinness is good. Man. Guinness You're and Jameson boys. for today. That's what I'm saying. And That's just just a reminder, so we're not sponsored by any of the products we're naming here. Um, these are personal yet. opinions and not reviews. Yet. These are personal reviews of these products, so these are our own personal opinions. Uh, we're not sponsoring or advertising any specific product. Anyway, with that being said, if you want to sponsor us, go ahead and send us an email. UncleTonyPCST at gmail.com. It's official. And if you want to get on the podcast, also send an email to the email. Um, we'd love to get you on the podcast. If you haven't already, download some of the podcasts. Give us a follow. Turn on those notifications. We're live on Spotify. Yeah, seriously. Any any piece of mail that you send us, we will look at and we'll consider. You know, if you guys want advice, yeah, you we don't can want to do paper mail. We're we're an eco friendly podcast, so please, email only. Email only. We don't want to do paper. You know, we'd love fan mail. That's awesome, but. You can do also, the same we thing would love to email. not give out our address. That yeah. would be great. That's that's another thing. It's a it's a security thing. You know, at this day and age, we want to keep security a top priority. Mm-hmm. So shoot us an email. We'd love to we'd love to chat. We're, we're going to start up a, a session or a section of the podcast where people write in asking for advice and we give our two cents on yeah, it. Yeah, you, you give us our uh, your story. We give you our advice. You know, you want to hear how Uncle Tony's Closet would handle this? We'll give you the raw answer live from Uncle Tony's Closet. If you want the truth... Open the doors to Uncle Tony's closet. You're not gonna miss the truth there. We're not. We're not bullshitters here. Come like, in the closet. Like, Come in the like closet. Like Lil Wayne said, put your two cents in and get a dollar back. Yeah, exactly. We'll give so, you some good advice over here. So Joe Rogan, also, if you're listening to this out there, big Joe Rogan fans, we want you on the podcast. Lil Wayne, uh, many other people we want to bring on the Snoop podcast. Dog. Snoop Dogg, Seth Rogan, Seth Rogan, Joe uh, and Seth Rogan. Yeah, at the same all time. the Rogans, please, guys. If you're out here listening and we pop up, shoot us an email. We want to collab. Get us Joe out there. You guys started at the top or at the bottom, made it to the top. We want to be the same way. Let's collab. Together. We are really at the bottom. That's where they it's all right. started. That's where we started. That's that's where everything started, you know. Yeah. Well, look I, at look at the landscape company I told you about earlier. I know our listeners have seen that we moved up to spot uh, Spotify this past weekend. You don't even have to download an app to listen to us anymore. That I was know, a big milestone. I know you listen to your music on Spotify already, and if you don't, it's or th- Apple Music, we're working on Apple Podcasts. We're out there. Um, we're working on YouTube as well. We just got to get accepted by these places. You know, there's some clearances, backgrounds. You would have thought I was walking into a CIA building with these people, but 
You know, they got to be secure. So whatever the fuck it takes, we'll do it. We want to go. We want to go all the way to the top, and it's gonna take some help from you guys to do that. But I think we can get this to a major syndication. That's a big word. It's small but meaningful. If you don't know what that means, Google it. Like me, um, I just googled it actually. So, what's it mean? Um, <laughs> syndication means that um, I I didn't actually Google it, but syndication means um, it's the the process of, or rather, um, we're gonna have to edit a lot of these ums out. But uh, um, I don't know what Sylvester means. Syndication. Syndication. I don't know what it means. So, someone want to fill me in? Uh, syndication is just a publication. It's it's. Oh, it rhymes with publication. I should have known that. That's right. We're spitting bars here on the podcast. Publication and the syndication on Tony's closet. But something that's mean? regularly produced. A syndication is something like that news? comes from a company that's been produced for your, you know, your own viewing purposes. So would news be considered a syndication? Yeah, there's lots of news syndications out there. Uh, we're teaching you guys vocabulary. We're teaching you politics. We're teaching you economics, psychology. This is why you medicine, tune into Uncle Tony's medicine. podcast. It's, and, and to have your own opinion. Security. You know, to me, that's really important. Yeah, Be free your, thought. Free thought. Don't think what your friends think. Think what you want to think. Don't think what your parents think. It's what you think. If you feel that's right, that's what you should be thinking and talking about. Let everyone I mean, know. Unless you're like racist or some shit. Yeah, don't it, do that. Yeah, if, if you're it, racist, fuck you. If it's something that no one wants to hear, you know, society as a whole, you know, we can agree that it's just not just right. Just like all love, like yeah. all love, like. If you're not wearing a drug rug talking about spreading the love, you're not where it's at here. And uh, this level of three free thinking, I would almost like to attribute it to all of us pretty much tripping. Because whenever you trip on some kind of psychedelic for the first time, it kind of blows your mind because it opens your mind to an entire new reality in a way of thinking that you didn't even know was possible prior. And uh, it just kind of lets you look at things from multiple perspectives at the same time. And really, it just zooms out your perspective on life and anything you may ever think about. And it makes you think about it a second time, almost from a different perspective. You know how you, like, zone out? I'm sorry. You know, how you, like, <laughs> you know how you like zone out and your eyes are all big and you're thinking and thinking and thinking about something? Think it. It's like basically tripping. But well, and let it happen. Yeah. It's been proven that tripping on psychedelics opens new neural pathways in your brain. So every time you have a thought, there's a pathway created in your brain. There are MRI scans, uh, CAT scans, all kinds of scans of people's heads tripping and not tripping. To prove this like this is a very real thing yeah and so you get these new neural pathways and each time you think about the memory it strengthens the neural pathway because uh, a connection happens between those two points in your brain eli, if you don't think about it, it it lessens eli what do you think about the the neurological effects on uh tripping like what what do you think about so, you know, how we're saying when you're tripping here, you're having these, these sorry, background noise, we're going to cut that out, but, so when you talk about the neurological pathways, what do you think, Eli, what do you, what do you, what information could you provide us with apart, you know, with, with the connections that you have while you're tripping and that you've had or that you think or feel? Well, I mean, when I'm tripping, I don't know how I feel, I just kind of go with the flow, but sometimes it's just... Have you ever learned something about yourself 
that you yeah. had no idea that was a prior weird question to, to ask. No, but that's a good one. That that's, that's a big no, no, thing. I, I have. I fucking Ryan's have. Question I was kind of a psych you, I know how to answer that one. You don't know how to answer the neurological question. No. Okay, so what what about Henry? Henry, repeat Let's your question. Let's go with my question. Yeah, I like yours. Have you ever learned something about yourself <coughs> while under the influence of psychedelic drugs? Let's open it up. Uh, so back to like what we were saying about uh, kind of like abusing <coughs> weed in a way. Like it could be good or bad. Moderation. Not, everything's it's not good like good or bad, but like so you can kind of get you can kind of get like lost in like the fantasy of like damn I just kind of want to smoke all day and chill and like not do anything. But like I feel like after tripping a couple times, like I finally realized like that's what I've been doing. Like all I do like what I've noticed like all I do is kind of just go to school, smoke and like chill out. Like that's it. And like I feel like it's all about moderation. Like you were saying like. You just kind of got to even that out of what you actually got to do. And then, like, if it does make you feel better at the end of the day, then you could still smoke a joint. But, like, if it's not helpful to you, <laughs> if it's not helpful for you in, like, any way, then it's not beneficial. Yeah, don't, thing, don't use it if it's not helping you. Why put yeah, yourself further down? Like, I feel like me personally, like, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I abuse it like I'm smoking ounces, like, a day or some shit. But, like, I would just kind of smoke, like... It helps and just, like, calm. chill. Like, it, it keeps you full. I've been through a lot of shit, like, personally at my house. Like, I don't, like, I have kind of family problems sometimes. So I would just kind of smoke and just chill at my house. It helps you get your mind off. Yeah. Not it, not yeah. get your mind off it, but it helps make sure. Yeah. yeah, it makes sure it's not traumatically influencing your, you moving forward. It, it helps with that. It doesn't take it away, but it helps. It makes you realize how minor, like... How minor it is to everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. And how much you can... It, Look at the world can right now. actually open your mind. Like anything, how much you can do if you just put your mind to it. Like you can do anything. Like really, if you put your mind to it. Anything that can it's change like, your perspective is what you need. Yeah. I think people should be examining their own self, their own ideas from as many perspectives as they can. So my uh, perspective on this, I think that psychedelics shouldn't even be considered a drug. Like obviously it's a chemical that enters your bloodstream when you take it and causes psychoactive effects. It's a drug, but the way I look at psychedelics, they're more of a tool than a drug when used properly. Like you can obviously abuse acid or mushrooms and get fucked up and have a good time or use it as an escape, whatever it may be. But when I use psychedelics, I'm trying to use it as a tool to expand my mind and change the way that I think about my life and the things happening around me. Don't think of it as a recreational drug. Think of it as something that can better you and something that can help you reconsider the way you think and be more productive. That's what I think about weed. That's what I think about psychedelics. If you use it as a recreational thing, you're going to have a good time and that's it. If you use it as something that can build you up, then you're going to build yourself up. See, there's a lot of people that are scared to do psychedelics, but I'll see them do fucking three lines of coke in front of me. Like, yeah, or Xanax, or Percocet. Dude, that's insane. They're afraid to like open their minds to those new ideas. Don't do those in a way. pills, but they're they're crazy to open their minds to the drugs that they're not man-made. Like we said, you know, Xanax, it's man-made. Percocet, man-made. Molly, man-made. What's weed? What's mushrooms? It's it's they're natural. Plants. They're you, plants. You can grow. You can't. You don't you grow a molly tree. Molly tree in your backyard. You don't grow, that's grow a Xanax tree. It comes from a plant, but you don't just grow it. Those pills don't pop off of a stem of a plant. 
It, you don't you don't just have a magic Xanax plant. Okay? Or find naturally magic mushrooms in the wilderness. Like you can find you them in Pennsylvania. Like you can go out to a riverbank and maybe find a fucking magic mushroom. I highly advise against it. Uh, because there's like probably yeah. ten different kinds of mushrooms that are poisonous that yeah. look identical. <laughs> not a good idea, but it is possible. Please a lot don't of die. Mushrooms. Please do not die following our advice. Yeah. That's the number one thing that we tell you to do on the podcast. See, I'm not. I'm not telling you to go look out for magic mushrooms. I'm just like, there's definitely a you lot could. of poison. Yeah, you could. Please. You gotta find the right ones. You gotta find the right ones because a lot of them are deadly. Yeah. Also. But it's natural. I'm just saying, like, what what they were saying is just natural, like, it the, was on the thing Earth about, for a reason, I feel like. Even, even the coca leaf goes back to thousands of years ago when the Inca Empire was started. They were the ones who discovered coca. And then later it turned into cocaine. So it was originally a plant that has stimulant properties. The same with acid. It's just a fungus that grows on plants, and it can make you go absolutely fucking insane. But it's not a. It's not a. You can go insane off of coca. Yeah. So stimulant abuse almost always leads to psychosis. It, it, it's different for everyone, but you will get there eventually. It's a stimulant. Yes. All okay. stimulants. Is a stimulant. All stimulants lead to psychosis with extended abuse. Okay. Well. Okay. So I I, I knew that. I'm I'm not the the biggest drug nerd. I'm I'm learning with you guys. You guys are kind of more. Uh, educated in it. I, I like to be educated from others and reading, obviously. But you guys definitely. This have more. is yeah. This is a topic that I research a lot because I, I don't just see drugs as something recreational. Like I said, I think there's a bigger potential to help more people. So the originally the Incas used the coca leaf to build more, you know, build more cities, run farther. They would do more work while eating less food and. I guess you could say that they were abusing stimulants the entire time. What time period were the Incas? Can you look that up? I'm just curious because that that they were a long time ago and to be using coca that that young like not young but that early in a civilization I guess I should say. Um, well, so it was during the Mesopotamia. Okay, era. all right. So but you don't even have to look it up. It was that me- yeah, that does. So it's very early. Very very early, early human timeline. But the the Incas thought of the coca leaf as a god. There were only a certain amount of words that they had in their language that were, you know, considered things that were godly, and cocaine was so important that it was one of them. The coca leaf was one of them. And they used it productively, you know, they used it to build their entire society. So I don't I don't see the problem with that. Uh, these types of drugs for research purposes, any drug with some kind of cultural or religious association is considered an entheogen. Yeah, so entheogens are drugs that are used in religious ceremonies. These have been used all around the world, whether you're doing a ceremony in, you know, in Africa or in South America, in Europe, in North America, you can find these drugs naturally occurring all over the world and every culture at some point has used them in order to you know better themselves except for acid well acid was originally grown on wheat plants it's ergot. a yeah a mold. ergot is a fungus which grows on, on plants and people would accidentally ingest it and then get high as fuck 
It was uh, discovered by Dr. Albert Hoffman, and he wrote all about it during Bicycle Day. I'm sure you've heard of it. Well, he was the first person to know of the, the subjective person, effects of it. But tripping was wasn't a new to idea. To synthesize acid, LSD, the way that it is. But originally, the fungus would be found naturally, and it would have psychotic, or not psychotic, sorry, psychedelic effects on anybody who ate it. Fuck Harry Anslinger. Yeah, also Harry Anslinger. If you're Anslinger. out there and you know who he is or you don't, if you don't know who he is, just know fuck him. If, you if listen you're to a us, descendant of Harry Anslinger, come to the podcast and we will fight you. We got questions, actually, before we fight. Who is Oh, Harry Anslinger, he outlawed <laughs> weed. He's the reason we can't smoke freely in America. Right, fuck it. Fuck that guy. Harry Anslinger and the Department of the Treasury were responsible for the Marijuana Tax Act, which made both marijuana and hemp illegal. So, and if you follow us, you know that we're big advocates for hemp. Love we, hemp. We believe that there's a lot of environmental, economic impacts that can be lessened with the use of hemp products because they last longer they're less environmentally wasteful. You know, there's just a million reasons why you should convert if, to hemp. If it's it, renewable. If it can be made out of paper, cloth, or wood, it can be made out of hemp. And those are three simple materials. I'm not going to get into all of them. And plastic and yeah, diesel. Yeah, there's another big one. Gasoline. You can Gasoline make, can be made yeah, out of hemp. We can make uh, of uh, hemp fuels. Um, you know, imagine, you know, your Tesla's electric. That's great. I love electric vehicles. They're great. But... Imagine a hemp car. Electric vehicles use rare earth materials for their batteries. How do you think they're still not sustainable? Yeah, it's taking up our resources. How do you you think they generate the electricity to charge the electric vehicles? Fucking diesel generators, whatever. They're still burning natural gases. You gotta make electric. It's it's not as big of an impact as you would hope because. You still need the electricity to charge it, and that's still our oil, gas, uh, coal. That's still our primary source of energy at the moment, and we really need to step away. I fully believe in nuclear power, but that's a whole different topic. Oh, that is, because I'm I'm, I'm not very educated on nuclear, but I, I don't think it's the way of the future. Nuclear power is... It's too dangerous. It's the best thing we have right now, and before we can stop, you know, producing oil and coal and all the things that are fucking up the environment, we have to transition to nuclear power first. So we have Ten Mile Island incident, we have the Fukushima incident in Japan, we have the Chernobyl incident in Russia. A lot of incidents have happened with nuclear power plants and it's created a lot of scare against them, but every single one of these events was caused by human error it's not the reactors problem or fault it was the humans controlling it that fucked it up and with proper education and research which we have now nuclear power is one of the most efficient ways to produce power with the least amount of toxins being released in the atmosphere a lot of people talk about getting rid of the nuclear waste and the thorium and uranium used to run them but like it's those radioactive toxic barrels they're burying like it's not just full of radioactive liquid like they're lead shielded with feet of lead that radiation can't penetrate like we have the technology to do it now like that was a long time ago And in my opinion, dealing with the pounds of nuclear waste that you have is better than dealing with the tons of carbon dioxide, carbon monoxide, methane, and even water vapor is a greenhouse gas. All of the byproducts from coal and oil burning that we deal with on a day-to-day basis are the reason that we have things like climate change. So 
nuclear power is the best way for us to secure our future and you know work with what we have in the short term while we figure out the long term things like solar power things like wind power hydropower is a big one hydroponic is or hydro is water right yeah yeah, yeah. hydroponics is something else that's sorry plants. yeah that that's that's um agriculture i'm sorry most cities in or the united states are in some way structured around a river or some kind of water feature like so yeah the city of Pittsburgh has multiple water plants that we use for making hydropower. And that's a really good one because it's also more or less renewable. You know, the rivers are never going to stop flowing, even if they get filled with shit and trash, we have which a is my biggest fear. Yeah. We, our, our rivers do back. I don't know. Is that a problem in New York? With the, It is absolutely a problem I, in New I figured because there's so many people there. We have a problem here where, and it's probably a lot less, but our, our shit water, it it backfills into the river but like you said it doesn't have an effect on the on the hydro um power or hydro you know energy resources that we can produce and that we output here in pittsburgh another thing people don't realize is that most of the water we use is for things that aren't drinking so anything like washing your hands taking a shower not taking a shower you definitely need clean water for that drinking water well, drinking water is something that's potable uh, water. Non-potable water is stuff like flushing the toilet. Uh, you we know, have that at our Pennsylvania location, the strip. We don't, we don't have water pipes yeah, at so our location. It, if you potable. can recycle the non-potable water and use that for things that don't need clean water, then you can save a lot. A lot of money, a lot of our power, a lot of money on water and stuff like that. So if people try to consider one way that they can be more environmentally conscious, then we'll be a hell of a lot farther towards our goal than we are now. So I can say with my business at least, um, we, we aim to be a paper-free, we, we try to keep you know our impact on the environment down. So when it comes to billing and stuff like that, it's all first point of contact, it's all through email, text message, stuff like that. Um, second point of reaching out to a customer is going to be a paper point of contact. Now, we can't really get around completely the, the, the paper trail within businesses because for documentation purposes, you need to have that, that in-hand letter. Uh, it's a certified USPS letter you have to sign for it, so then I know such it's and such. It's more than an email. Yeah, it's more than an email. I can document that you signed off to receive this and what it entails. So that's why businesses can't necessarily completely get rid of paper trail. Well, However, it's not just paper. Businesses are responsible for 63% of greenhouse gas emissions between 1751 and 2010. 90 companies make up for 63% of all greenhouse gas emissions. Okay, but they're all they're all making products and the the byproduct Fuck of, their products. Okay, but you your product is greenhouse gases. Okay, but you're using right. all their products. Look around this room. There's cans, there's there's red solo cups, there's bottles, there's deodorant. Plastic. Look at your deodorant container right plastic here, okay? It's made out of plastic. Don't get me wrong, we could make this out of a hemp plastic, but they haven't. And do you know why? It comes down to this in business. It comes down to cost. I am not going to spend more money and lose more money just because it's better for the environment. As a business, you need to give them more of an incentive than that. And I is, agree, that's not right. Because as a business owner and someone that cares about the environment, that's not what it comes down to to the me. The thing is, nobody said that plastic was the cheapest alternative. It's just what's been used in the United States for so many years. It's so cheap to, to produce. It's though. widely accepted. There are companies now that produce 
products with cardboard packaging like deodorant and shampoo you can put it in a fucking cardboard box and it doesn't make a difference don't even get me started on plastics there are parts per million of microplastics okay never mind you can't we can't get rid of the plastics like they get buried in the ground they sit there for millions of years there's no bacteria or plants or fungus that can decompose them like we have no Fire way won't even to decompose yeah plastic. we have no way to dispose of these plastics and rather than them like getting decomposed or disposed of they just break up into tiny pieces and, and microplastics are polluting everything on the planet and nobody's talking about it look at our drinking water has parts yeah. per million of fucking microplastics literally everything you come into contact it's with sad. on a daily basis microplastics it microplastics. doesn't matter if you take every water bottle out of the ocean there's still going to be microplastics left behind so that's you, the big problem everyone right wants there. to target and, and look at water bottles and don't get me wrong that's a good place to start if you can reuse a water bottle if you take a deer park or whatever brand it is we're not advertising again but if you can take any plastic water bottle and reuse it once just one time you're making such a big impact besides refilling that bottle once. Your impact is much larger than that. If you can buy a container that can be refilled, it's not plastic, a metal container, whether it's whatever brand, Yeti, you know, the Walmart brand, whatever it is, use that container. Use it, use it, use it. Anytime you could prevent plastic, Tupperware, all this stuff. Tupperware is plastic, but it's reusable. So those are very important things to keep in mind. And you know, with, with, with plastic consumption as high as it is, we need to cut down. Everything is made out of plastic. And a, and a real thing I saw recently was in hospitals. Uh, I recently had a visit to the hospital, not for myself, but for someone else. Um, something as simple as a thermometer. When they come in the, the hospital room and take your temperature now, they throw the thermometer away directly after. So it's not made only out of plastic. Not only is it made out of plastic, think about the electronics inside of that thermometer in the rare earth metals, no matter how small they are, Think about it. Gold. Hospitals, pieces of gold in your phone, how many thermometers are how many thermometers are thrown away each day in the healthcare network? We're talking tens, if not hundreds of thousands of pieces of plastic with rare earth metals discarded. They're in landfills. How do we recover those earth metals? We can't. They're buried under these landfills, or whether in, we're incinerating our garbage like in New York City and on the East Coast. These are serious problems with plastic. So we need to find ways to 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 make hemp plastic the more affordable option because like you said if you give businesses the ultimatum where hemp plastic is now more if you give businesses the ultimatum where hemp plastic is now more affordable than other plastics they're gonna make that switch if it's cheaper so you were just talking about refilling water bottles and that's a great example but imagine if every single person on the planet started reusing their water bottles or switched to metal water bottles or something of the sort like you were just talking about from a business perspective it's not exactly optimal for them to do right now and that almost leaves it up to us to make the change because they're not gonna fucking do it so it's kind of up to us to for all of us to start reusing these water bottles and stop buying stuff out of plastic containers and like we're basically just paying for convenience and it is convenient it's nice to have a fucking pepsi bottle instead of having to go get a two liter and let it go flat or whatever blah 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 but we can't really make an impact unless we all start doing it, and that's what's, it almost sucks to know that. Not all Everybody of us. can make a change. That's the good thing. If you change one thing, and you tell your family and your friends to change one thing about their life, you will have made a change for the better. It'll be so effective if everyone starts jumping on board. See, there's this thing, it's called, uh, or this quote, it's called, uh, it goes by, 
Break the loop today or the cycle continues tomorrow. Don't put off today what you... Every day is not really just... I mean, in a way, it's a new day because you go through the night or whatever. But, like, you just got to make the right decisions day by day. It's not like... Yeah, break the loop. See what you can do now. And eventually, you'll get to the point where you're spending less money on plastic water bottles. You're spending less money on you know trash bags to throw out your water bottles all that stuff adds up if everyone just took the extra four or five seconds out of their day to refill a water bottle instead of grabbing a new one like that's an impact um i i can say at least for an organization that i work for i'm not going to name them because i i don't want to say that we, we necessarily represent them or at least me as an individual but this is a big corporation I'm talking about. This is it's it's not a an, an indie or not an indie 500, but a, a a Nasdaq 500 company. But this company, um, where I work, we have a bottle refill station, and we have a challenge every week. So, if you can refill or save a hundred bottles on the screen every week, they're buying us lunch. Yeah. So we give we go through a hundred bottles in three days. You know why? It's not necessarily about that lunch. Yes, that's your your overall goal, but think about how happy you feel when you say, "Hey, I refilled this 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 refillable container, and I didn't grab a thirty pack of water." You kept this it week. out of the landfill. I kept it out of that's the landfill. That's enough. That is enough. Water can come out of multiple faucets, spigots, whatever you want to call it, wherever the hell you're from. Okay, no matter where the hell it comes from, and that. Okay, you can refill your containers. So do that. Our word of advice is to think about everything you do and think about ways you could do it better. If you can do that, you will improve your life by next week. And we are about to sign off here. I was going to close it off, actually. I got a good idea. So let these two continue. We'll cut this Uh, off. Back to what he was saying. We're going to let Shrummy close it, but go ahead. Kind of comes back to the psychedelics a little bit. It kind of just opens up to your mind like to what is actually like right yeah if you can save a bottle today right to you and you right for like the environment everything if you could save a bottle today you can save a container tomorrow and by next week and a turtle and <laughs> yeah. save a turtle or that, you can and that, that's what i was getting by next week you can save a turtle yeah. i mean think about it stop getting the plastic straws at dunkin and starbucks stop yeah. getting the plastic soft drink cups and drinks at your mcdonald's and wendy's if you're not going to reuse that cup don't get that extra large sweet tea if you're not going to reuse that container, okay? We reuse it many ways. You can take that cup, and it can be a gravity bone cup. You can take that cup, it can be a flower, plot, uh, a flower pot for a flower or a succulent. You can grow your daisies, your marigolds. You can do a lot of things with these containers just besides putting liquids in them. We've been focusing on the water bottles this entire time, but it's it's super easy to do, and I could name out a hundred examples right now. Like, just take a little bit shorter of a shower every day. Don't turn the water on the entire time you brush your teeth. Like, all these little changes we could make would make such a huge impact. It's just a matter of us sitting down and having that level of awareness to even think about it. And that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to bring awareness to these types of issues. Change your life. Go green. Break the loop. Break the loop, and so I, I really want to say thank you guys for all joining in this week. This is an amazing podcast. It's an amazing collaboration with this group of guys. Um, happy St. Patrick's Day! Tune in for next next week episode. Next week's episode, we want to talk about. Um, it's it's a little behind, but what I want to talk about next week is 
Fuck, I forget actually. Russia? 